1: It's 8.30 on Thursday, October 21st. I'm Michael Gidry and for Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Mississippi isn't rid of COVID yet, and flu season is just around the corner. Plus, we talk with writer Keisha Blaine about her new biography of Fannie Lou Hamer. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Twindemic. That's what some medical professionals are calling the imminent confluence of COVID-19 and flu once temperatures drop. Last year's flu season was actually remarkably mild. But as Dr. Brock Banks of the Hattiesburg Clinic tells Karen Brown, a lot was different then.
0: We just weren't coming into contact with each other and we were uh, we were staying home. So the opportunity for the virus to spread just wasn't there um it couldn't it couldn't be transmitted and so that is why we had a, a much milder season last year
2: does the covid pandemic influence how this flu season might pan out are we looking at something similar to last year do you think
0: i think this year will be different than last year you know what a difference a year makes right so a year ago we were all masking up socially you know socially distancing kind of staying away from each other we've we're not doing that as much anymore Um, some people are masking, some people are not. Mandates and things have have gone away. Um, we're getting together in groups, you know, more frequently. And then, you know, the other thing too is last year because the the flu was so the flu season was so mild, um, we didn't have that many infections and so we've kind of lost a year of of natural immunity that some people would that, that we would acquire, you know, from acquiring the virus. So so with that said, you know, some experts Uh, are are a little bit worried that maybe this year will be, will be worse. Um, It's difficult to tell what, what's going to pan out. I'll say this, the season last year, the flu season last year was so mild that I would expect this year for it to be worse than last year. Now, to what degree that has yet to, to, you know, to be seen. So what we want to do is we want to do everything possible to take measures to prevent the spread of flu, right? So we can get our flu vaccine. We can uh, wash our hands If we're sick, we can stay home um, and stay away from other people so that we don't transmit it. And then, you know, I always tell my my young children, you know, uh, if you cough or sneeze, cough into the germ pocket, right? That way you uh, don't spread those respiratory droplets that inevitably – can spread things like flu as well as uh, uh, the coronavirus the germ so, pocket um, those i take, are all measures it,
2: the germ pocket, I take it is your elbow right that's <laughs> right coughing,
0: yeah, that's right coughing into your into your elbow the or your sleeve that's right i
2: had not heard that phrase before germ okay. pocket it fits, It certainly. works
0: listen <laughs> it works it works really well with young children they if you show them and say cough into your germ pocket they they understand what that means so.
1: we'll continue our conversation with dr brock banks in a moment You're listening to Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Gidry. We're talking with Dr. Brock Banks, who's a primary care physician at the Hattiesburg Clinic. He tells our Karen Brown it's totally safe to get a COVID-19 vaccine and a flu shot at the same time.
0: Certainly, you know, when you're giving multiple vaccines at once, the risk for side effects goes up. But same thing with uh, as far as just getting a a, a flu shot, the the same side effects that you would expect would that you would expect with most vaccines are there. So um, certainly you could get some soreness at the injection site. You could get some muscle aches, maybe a a mild fever. Um, You may feel a bit achy or feel a bit bad. Those symptoms are typically uh, self-limited. They last less than usually 24 to 48 hours and usually well-tolerated. People tend to do fine.
2: For people who have been vaccine-hesitant for the coronavirus – for whatever reason, and it represents, you know, a significant population in Mississippi. Are these people likely to be flu vaccine hesitant? Is there a way to tell?
0: I've seen in my own practice that my patients who are hesitant about getting the corona shot or the corona vaccine um, can be hesitant about getting the influenza vaccine. You know, unfortunately, you know, with misinformation that's out there about um, vaccines. People certainly become vaccine hesitant. Um, but what we do know is that, you know, um, the, is that both of the vaccines are, are safe, they're effective, and we would recommend that people take action to um, get the vaccines to protect themselves, to protect their community, and prevent the spread and transmission of both coronavirus and influenza.
2: Now explain how the flu vaccine differs from a COVID vaccine.
0: Well, uh, boy, that's going to get into the weeds a little bit. So the flu vaccine, the way that they um, uh, create the flu vaccine is they look at what strains of the flu are most prominent over in Europe where the flu season uh, happens before they happen in the United States. And so they try to uh, use that information to kind of predict which strains are most likely to be prevalent uh, here during the flu season. And so um, the the flu vaccine itself, they they created in such a way that it protects against kind of the four strains that they think are going to be most prominent during the flu season. That's a little bit different than the coronavirus vaccine. And I'll speak specifically on like Pfizer and Moderna. Um, you know, those are both um, what we call messenger RNA vaccines. It's the first time that we've had these uh, mRNA uh, vaccines for um, for coronavirus. So they, do, they, they work differently in the way that they prime your immune system to protect. But ultimately, um, the idea is the same. They, in different ways, prepare your body to be able to recognize the virus.
2: How old should you be or you have to be to get a flu shot? And who is it most recommended for?
0: So you have to be over six months old in order to get a flu shot. So any children, you know, six months and younger, they are not eligible to get uh, the influenza vaccine. And then uh, so as far as who should get it, we would recommend, you know, anyone over the age of six months should get it. Populations that are especially at risk of bad outcomes due to flu are children two years and younger, adults 65 and older, and then anyone who kind of falls within uh, those two age groups that has underlying chronic medical conditions, whether that's heart disease, kidney disease, diabetes, high blood pressure. And certainly we know, know here in Mississippi that we have a significant burden of all of those diseases. Can a pregnant woman get a flu shot? Pregnant women can get the vaccine and they can get the vaccine at any of the trimesters of pregnancy. And I also want to make the point that pregnant women are one of the high risk groups that can have adverse outcomes from influenza or from the flu. And so that is why it's recommended that they do get the flu vaccine.
2: Dr. Brock Banks is a primary care physician at the Hattiesburg Clinic. Thank you so much, Dr. Banks.
0: Hey, thank you very much.
1: Coming up, we talk with writer Keisha Blaine about her new biography of Fannie Lou Hamer. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101,
0: podcast everywhere.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Gidry. Mississippians have plenty of natural disasters to worry about, from tornadoes to hurricanes. So, what's one more? Kelly Richardson of the state Emer- the state's Emergency Management Agency is encouraging residents to participate in the Great Shakeout at 10:21 a.m. today.
0: It is a drill to encourage everyone to practice your
3: earthquake safety plan. And um, that's really important because even though we don't experience a lot of earthquakes here in Mississippi, there is a fault line up to our north, a pretty big fault line. There is the possibility that we can see earthquakes here across the state.
1: And that's Kelly Richardson with the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Until I am free, The new biography of Mississippi's Fannie Lou Hamer is expansive and ambitious in scope. It seeks to contextualize Hamer's work within the broader civil rights movement of the 1960s and the decades of racial justice advocacy that followed it. But the book is most compelling in its human consideration of Hamer as an activist informed by profound personal experience. Keisha Blaine, who wrote Until I Am Free, details one of those moments in a conversation with our Karen Brown.
3: This happened in 1961, a year before uh, Fannie Lou Hamer joined the civil rights movement. She had been hospitalized because of a small uterine tumor, a non-cancerous tumor that she had to have removed. And without her knowledge, the doctor made the decision to remove her uterus. And she learned of this only after the procedure had been done.
2: Did he tell her why he did it?
3: He did not. And in fact, when she learned about the procedure, she confronted the doctor who did not provide an explanation. And and I think it really underscored the violence that black women endured in this period and impoverished black women in particular at the hands of physicians in this instance.
2: How did an impoverished woman from Montgomery County in Mississippi who had a sixth-grade education become such a strong voice for change?
3: I think because she was determined and she was passionate about everything that she did, she was deeply committed to improving the lives of those around her. She wanted to make the nation better, and she was simply determined with limited resources. She decided that she would do everything within her power to make a difference, and that's how she pushed aside just the critiques and she really fought to ensure that her voice would be heard. I think if you step back to 1962, to August of 62, when she attended a mass meeting led by activists in the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, I think that was the moment where she understood the possibilities before She realized that she could be part of changing not only Mississippi, but changing the nation. So she joined SNCC with the intention to help expand Black political rights.
2: She and others went to vote in 1962. She was turned away because she failed a literacy test?
3: Exactly. One of the challenges that Black people face in this period when it came to voting was just a number of strategies that white supremacists employed to block them, so certainly acts of violence but also literacy tests, um, which attempted to make it difficult for people to register to vote. And for Fannie Lou Hamer with the sixth grade education, she struggled to answer many of the questions about the state constitution. And that was the reason that she failed uh, in that instance. But she was determined to uh, register to vote, and she was determined to help others do the same.
2: She founded the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party and she asked to be seated at the National Democratic Convention in 1964. Can you expound on what happened?
3: When she arrived in Atlantic City with delegates from the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, they wanted the nation, and in many ways the world too, to see how black people were being treated. They were being excluded from the National Party. They were not given an opportunity, certainly not an opportunity to vote, but also she wanted to make sure that their voices would be heard at that convention. And she demanded that they would be seated. And, of course, that did not happen. Ultimately, they were offered two seats, which would be symbolic, and Fannie Lou Hamer rejected it. She said, no, we didn't come here for two seats. Uh, We didn't come here for a symbol. We came here for actual representation uh, to make a difference. And and so that was a moment where... I think so many people saw her boldness and most people know about Fannie Lou Hamer because that's also the moment where she gave a moving testimony about the experiences that she enjoyed in the South.
2: How does what Fannie Lou Hamer did then resonate with the Black Lives Matter movement and even the Me Too movement?
3: Well, I think uh, she demonstrated just the power of public testimony as an example This is true when we think about the Me Too movement. I think one of the most moving aspects of the movement is just the way it has galvanized women in in all sectors of society to stand up and talk about the painful experiences that they have endured, whether it's in the workplace or in another context. And and Fennel Hamer, I think, modeled for so many the power of public testimony, to, to speak truth to power. And to the Black Lives Matter movement, I think the the sort of spirit of grassroots organizing, the importance of recognizing that you don't have to have formal education to be a leader or you don't have to have, you know, certain material resources that you could speak up within your community, to be part of a larger movement, regardless of your background. I think that's another way that we can see connections to Hamer's life and activism.
2: Keisha Blaine is a scholar of African-American history, the president of the African-American Intellectual History Society, and the author of Until I Am Free, Fannie Lou Hamer's Enduring Message to America. Dr. Blaine, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it.